Let me be the first person to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. I probably am the first person to say that to you today, or even, in fact, for several months. Now, maybe you're thinking, oh boy, the heat has gotten the pastor Bork. No, not at all. I love the heat. And now you're probably thinking, it really has gotten the pastor Bork. But it is time for happy Thanksgiving. Now, that greeting might be more appropriate at the end of November as opposed to the middle of June. But not when you consider the words of the Apostle Paul from 1 Thessalonians 5.18, when he said, In everything, and some translations put it, in all circumstances, so at all times, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, sometimes we want to know what the will of God is for us. You know, we want to know the specifics, so to speak. I want to know what my life is going to be like in the next year. What's God's will for me, his plan? Or we might want to know what the will of God is when I have some decisions to make. Or when I'm going to do this or that. How will God bless that? What's he going to allow in my life? You see, we want to have all those details about things. Well, here's one specific detail, to be thankful for everything. That is the will of God for us. Thankful for everything. 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 All. Now, how do you get your arms around everything? Well, this morning I'm going to put it into three categories for us. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's talk about how we can be thankful for all of those things. First of all, the good. This part should be easy, right? It's easy to be thankful for the good things, the pleasant things that happen to us in life. When life is going smooth and everything is just clicking along just fine. Easy to be thankful, right? Mm, not always. Sometimes our thankfulness is, let's say, broken. It's incomplete, it's shallow, or maybe thoughtless. Well, what makes that broken? When we have that good, what breaks that thankful spirit? Well, sometimes it's because we simply take the good for granted. In other words, we've experienced these good things and maybe we've had them for a while and uh, just take it for granted. It's just there and all of a sudden we're really not thankful for it anymore. As an illustration, that maybe is happening already this time of the year with people who've graduated. How thankful they are. They finally finished school. They finished that important step and are ready to move on. And, and everybody's thankful for what's happened. But a few days later, it's like, well, ho-hum, now we just move on. That happens true, uh, also with other things in our life, whether it's our, you know, our health, we're experiencing good health, and don't even really think about it or express thankfulness for it. Or our finances, or you know, we get a, a, a new job and, and we're thankful for it you know, at first, and then after a while, uh, well, you know, it's a job. We just start taking things for granted. Moses pointed that out to the people of Israel as they were ready to go into the promised land and their life would be good. 
he said, watch out for what may happen. He said, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. What he's pointing out is, sometimes we just get used to the good that we have. We become complacent. And you notice what happens after that? Then you start to become a little dissatisfied, and the complacency becomes complaining, and pretty soon, you're not thankful at all. And Moses warned what could happen then. He said, be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Our thanklessness sometimes turns into disobedience. So, thankful for good things can be broken when we just begin to take things for granted. Another way that we break that thankful spirit for good things is when we start taking credit for the good. Again, let's think about graduation. What happens at graduation? The graduates get congratulated. Good job! You made it! I knew you could do it! Now, as you go forward, just remember, work hard and you can overcome any challenge. Right? Appropriate words. But isn't it more appropriate to also say, thank God for the abilities that he has given you. And God is going to be with you and bless you as you go ahead and as you face challenges, he will help you overcome them. You see the difference between the two? It's real easy for us to start patting ourselves on the back and take credit for all the good that has come about as if we have brought it about. Well, Moses went on to write about that too. He said, now you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. And so he's simply reminding us that it isn't appropriate to take credit when we don't deserve it. And he goes on and he says, understand that it's not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess, for you're a stiff-necked people. God has given it to us, not because we've earned or deserved it in some way, but because he is good and gracious. So, as we talk about being thankful for the good things, let's also recognize that sometimes that thankful spirit is broken. But what do you do when something is broken? You fix it. Okay? So how do you fix that broken spirit of thankfulness? Well, Moses kept saying, don't forget, don't forget. In other words, remember the Lord. Now, forgetting happens when the memories start to fade or decay. That is, over time, we stop thinking about them, we don't recall them as much, and all of a sudden that memory starts to fade. Likewise, the memories get distorted when we start to add or subtract something to the facts. 
And that can happen here too. When we stop recalling for ourselves, when we stop rehearsing and sharing with others what God has done for us, that memory starts to fade and then we start to take credit for things. I got this job, you see my experience and my skill, it's been built up over the years and that's why I have it. Forgetting it's the Lord who gave us that ability. So one thing for us to do is simply keep recalling and sharing with others what God has done for us. A couple of ways that we can try to do that amongst ourselves, as we just called attention to, with our Facebook page. Post something you're thankful for, recalling God's blessings to you. And if you don't want to do that, you can do that on the, on the marker board that we have in the back there set up. We have some little tag-it notes there this morning. Go up there, write something that you're thankful to God for, and put it up there. As we see those messages, we're going to be encouraged as we too remember what the Lord has done for us. But then let's remember also, let's give credit where credit is due. To the Lord. A couple of weeks ago in one of my Bible classes, I, I shared a, a story of a, of a man I knew in Southern California that any time you saw him and you said to him, hey, how's it going? Or how are you? He'd say, I'm blessed. <laughs> that was his response, I'm blessed. It reminded me, it reminded himself that everything we have is really a blessing. And so his response was simply a way to give credit where credit is due. In the words before our, our passage today where Paul says, be thankful for everything, he also said, rejoice always and pray continually. In other words, he's telling us, with a joyful and prayerful heart, we can give credit where credit is due to the Lord for those blessings. Be thankful for everything, for the good that you have. What are you thankful for today? All we need to do is simply recall, reflect back on those things. And not only the things that we have and the people in our lives, but also see how the Lord has worked all of that together, how he has brought all of that into our life. And then simply give him thanks. In fact, I'd like us to do that right now. What I'd like us to do is just to stop for a few seconds and for us to give him thanks. I just want you to recall some wonderful blessings that God has given you and then in your heart, speak a word of thanks to him. So let's take 20 seconds and do that right now. Easy to do, isn't it? Easy to give thanks for the good that we have. But Paul also said, give thanks in everything. And that also means what we might say is the bad. Now, I know we could give different definitions to what it means that something is bad. You know, something that's it's unpleasant, we don't like it. But let's hold off on that one for a little bit. I want to define bad in a different way. So I, I looked in the scriptures to see how the word bad was used. It's usually used, obviously, to describe the quality of something and how it's of poor quality. It isn't meeting the standards. But oftentimes, that word then was used to talk about people. Jesus used it with this illustration. 
as he talked about a tree and its fruit. He said, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Now, he wasn't talking about gardening. He was talking about people. And he was talking about our nature or our character and what comes from it. And so oftentimes that word bad, when it's used in the scriptures, is referring to people's character and their acts. In other words, sin. It was what God used to describe wickedness and evil. Anything that was going against his will, that was opposed to him. So let's take a look then at what is bad and how we can be thankful in bad circumstances. Well, what's bad? Us. Our will and our inability to obey God. From our character that's sinful comes sinful acts that are opposed to God and His will. The Apostle Paul reminds us all of that when in 2 Corinthians he writes this. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. He's pointing out to us that we have a nature that's bad, that's sinful, and from it will come those bad acts, sin. He wrote these words just after he had been talking about the work of Satan. It's Satan who works in us to do those bad things. But Satan is also at work around the world, in the world, around us. And so when we talk about the bad, it's not just the bad in us, but the bad all around. Here's a couple more passages where Paul is referring to that bad that's all around. From 1 Corinthians 15, he said, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. There he's reminding us how the bad around us can rub off on us so that we too become bad. In 2 Timothy, he said, evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So he's describing for us the world's conditions and the people in it and how bad they are opposed to God's will. Because of that, then, some people will have a bad eternity. Jesus told a story to try to illustrate what will happen at the end of time. When the angels come to gather all souls before God, he used the picture of fishermen gathering fish in their net. Here's what he said. When it was full, the net was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets and threw the bad away. The bad, the sinful, those who oppose to the will of God will face God's condemning judgment. Now we might say, but aren't we all bad? Will we all face that judgment and that result? No. There are some good fish that will be kept. How is it that this has been fixed? And when you think about all that's bad, the sin that's in us, the sin that's in the world, how are we supposed to be thankful for that? 
Well, we're not supposed to be thankful for the bad, but rather for how God has fixed it. How has God fixed it? Well, it certainly wasn't because we've done something to change our condition, because we can't. But God has made the change with the forgiveness that comes to us in Jesus. Right after Paul just spoke those words that we're all going to be before the judgment throne of God and be judged for the good and the bad, he tells us what the result will be. Listen. We are convinced that one died for all. Therefore, all died. And he died for all, meaning Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. For God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In the bad, we can be thankful that God has done something with our bad. He has put it on Christ. And he has brought us, reconciled us to himself in Christ. For he made Christ to be our sin, putting his wrath on him and not on us. And now we become the righteousness of God. With that righteousness, God accepts us and welcomes us into his kingdom. Jesus described that with another story. He spoke of a man who was throwing a great wedding banquet, and he invited all sorts of people in, but many rejected it. But finally, those who were gathered were brought in, the good and the bad, and were given wedding garments to wear. Here's what Jesus said. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. This is a story illustrating God's grace overcoming our bad. It's God who prepared the banquet. It's God who extended the invitation and God who clothes those guests with the wedding garment. It's God who has prepared our salvation. It's God who extends that invitation to us to accept it through his word. And it's God who through faith gives us the righteousness of Jesus to wear. You see, there is something to be thankful for in the bad. But God has done with it. Now, in my searching the scriptures for using how the scriptures use the word bad, I found this passage. Ladies, listen. As dead flies give perfume a bad smell, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. Now I have no idea what dead flies do perfume, but I know I think what perfume does to flies, it kills them. Anyway, the point is this. Dead flies can ruin something good smelling. Just like our foolishness can mess up the wisdom of God. You see, if we add our foolishness thinking, I'm doing good, I've done something to earn God's favor, 
or my sins aren't that bad. We are ruining the, full, uh, the wisdom of God, which tells us He's done it all. So what do we need to do to give thanks to God for what He has done with the bad? The first thing is to recognize our bad. To recognize the inappropriate words we've spoken, the gossip we have spread, the unloving ways that we have treated people or ignored people, and the list could go on and on. To recognize and confess what God says about them. These things are wrong, and we're deserving of His punishment. But then to recognize and believe what He has done with that bad. And to hold firmly to it, that He has taken it away from us and put it on Christ and paid it off completely. In that spirit, then, we can give thanks even for the bad because there's forgiveness in Christ. Well, let's take a few seconds now to do that, to reflect on the bad that's in us, but to give thanks for what He has done with it in Jesus. Thanking God in all circumstances, even for the bad. Now again, sometimes we think bad just means the unpleasant things. So let's talk about those things now, but let's use the term ugly. We can be thankful even for the ugly in our life. Now, what's ugly? Well, ugly means anything that's mismatched, that doesn't fit, it doesn't belong. You know, guys, what it's like when your wife looks at you when you're leaving the house. She goes, you're wearing that today? <laughs> that doesn't match. Well, there are things that we look at in our life that don't seem to match up with the way things should be. So let's refer to things as being ugly that are maybe what we call problems. And we know what they are because life is full of them. We've all experienced the strife and the, the struggles the suffering that goes on. God never said life in this world would be perfect. In fact, he said there are going to be these struggles and the suffering. We also might experience the pain that comes. Physical pain, emotional pain, the mental pain or the frustration. This was not God's design. But this was what has come because of sin. Even the sins that we commit today may result in some of the pain and the problems that we experience. So how can you be thankful for any of that? Well, what do you do when something is ugly? You want to make it beautiful. Well, what is it that will make that ugliness of life beautiful? How about the promises and the plan of God. That even when things are tough and even when we struggle or suffer, God says, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. He even says, I have all the hairs of your head numbered. Well, I know I lose several hairs and a lot of you have lost a bunch of hairs. But God has all of our hairs numbered, meaning I know every little detail of your life. 
and he promises that he cares, and he's going to work it all out. For he said, in all things, all things, not just the pleasant, not just the good, but in all things, even the bad and the ugly, God will work for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. He even tells us, what man may intend for evil, he will intend for good. For many lives, not just ours, but for others as well, both now and forever. And so to make things, to make the ugly things beautiful, just remember what God's perfect plan and life is for us. A life where there is no suffering, where there is no struggle or strife or sin, but only blessing and bliss. Now we might think, well, okay, but that's way off in the future. Even though we may not experience it for a while yet, we can certainly rejoice and be thankful in it now. For he says, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. The ugly will become beautiful in God's time and in God's way. But for now, is that hard to see? Is it hard to hear those promises because the ugliness sometimes hurts so much or can be so powerful to blur the blessings of God? How do you overcome that? Use faith. Listen carefully. Look closely and see God working his promises and plan. Just believe it and trust it. It's really a matter of perspective. Just as somebody might be taking some medicine that's distasteful or has some uh, bad side effects, or somebody who has to go through some kind of a treatment to correct a medical condition, or even discipline that might be unpleasant to experience or to have to give, we know that all of those things ultimately are meant for our good. So look at the ugliness and trust God is working for your good. So let's stop for a few seconds again right now and reflect on maybe some things that are ugly and unpleasant in your life, but recall God's promises and be thankful for how he's working. Let's do that now. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Be thankful for everything. Amen.